What's up, newcomers and old comers? Sugar girl, dang, ladies and gents. I am back and in full effect. I've been on my TikTok, TikTok bees. I've been on my YouTube journey. I've been on my IG journey, my Twitter journey. I almost forgot I had a podcast on Anchor, but I'm back, baby, and I hope y'all can um, subscribe and share my um my podcast. So what I'm going to do today for y'all, they say my voice is so soothing to them. I'm going to read y'all a series of um poems. This poem, this first poem, she doesn't have a title to it. Her name is Trish Rollins. So let's get into it. Not old, not black, not a what, not a that, not a hand, not a man. A who, a thou, a mother who heals, the worm flowing in the bark who gives. Ash for the fire, spit for the fire, by Trish Rollins. Lord, I don't know what that was. I didn't like that. Let's see. Let me find some more poems. Ooh, I like this one. My handprint. Here's my handprint. Five fingers in all. Outside they are short, but the middle is tall. You will find them on the windows. You can find them on the wall. They will make a big mess for something so small. One day I will grow and leave them no more. My handprints will be missed, of that I am sure. So here's one now that you can't wipe away. My present to you this Mother's Day. Oh, that is wonderful. Let's see if we can find an ebook to read to y'all. And while I'm reading to y'all, I'll just provide y'all with a little ASMR because, you know, Anything that'll tingle the senses. Right now, I have a fork wrapping. Do you feel that serotonin releasing in the back of your head and just drifting to the front? And it's like your brain getting a massage. Yes, so let's try some more. Get some of that serotonin going, making you feel lovely and lively and, ooh, just relax, that's all. Until I find us a good book, we can start reading. Let's see here. I actually had a good book. Probably got one online and say thank you. We're gonna select all. I'm just trying to find us a good book, y'all. So bear in mind with me and be patient. So at least I can read um the first few. I guess Apple and Bone. Come on. Why is it taking so long? Let's see here. All right. I said free books. I ain't been to buy no book. Here got one. Killer Cupcakes. It looks terrible. It looks like something I would not read. I like this one. It says Calamity Under the Chandelier by Camilla Blith. Let's see. Historical fiction. Let's read a preview of this. Hmm. 
Chapter 1 Twig breaking rarely seemed intriguing, but perhaps because Veronica's housekeeper was taking a long time to answer the door, or perhaps because Cora needed distraction from her day. Cora glanced toward the sound. A man was hiding beneath the hibiscus. The bushes poked the man's suit, and he held his head at an old, I'm sorry, at an odd angle as he directed the black and chrome camera in his hand at her. The lavender blossom seemed incongruous against his dark attire. This might be barely at the center of everything luxurious, but Cora doubted the ground was comfortable. Unease shot through her and she considered screaming, but then perhaps he might find her screaming amusing or lucrative. Unfortunately, she wasn't confident in her ability to open her mouth to the width required for a properly audible scream and retain some semblance of refinement. The camera in the man's hand made the latter consideration necessary, throwing her what happened? Throwing her handbag at him was tempting, though it might compel him to rifle through it. He didn't need to learn it was empty. Cora turned around, caught the attention of the guard who led her through the imposing wrought iron gates of Veronica's mansion and yelled, There's an intruder! She waited for him to rush toward her, baton in hand. Instead, the guard smiled back and waved amiably. Hmm. Evidently, the guard could not hear her, and Cora cursed Veronica for acquiring the largest lot in Bel-Air. The ocean was similarly unhelpful, though the manner in which the foamy, azurine waves crashed against the shore had a definite aesthetic appeal. The accompanying sound competed with her voice. It doesn't matter. The photographer could fill his role of film with photos of her, and no magazine would buy them. Not anymore. Your thoughts should have been the joy the one joyful event of the day. Instead, her legs threatened to sway, but Cora gripped the railing in a nonchalant manner as she could muster and glared at the man. Go away. We don't like photographers. Okay, I think that's good enough for us today. I read a few little pages, and I think I did decent with that. Hmm. I don't know how to, where did I stop it? No way, we don't like photographers. For a brief second, his eyes widened and she smoothed her fringe leather dress. Perhaps she couldn't have come straight from the studio. No doubt her lasso and bright red Stetson also appeared ridiculous. The stranger moved his camera away. Very well, lassie. Cora blinked. Clearly, Veronica drew in international interest. Not that that was unexpected. The man winked at her, and she summoned her sternest look. Go away. Her rose leaves clung to the man's brown plaid suit. He dusted them off, and they floated slowly to the ground, as if unwillingly to abandon him. As far as men went, he was one of the attractive men of the spectrum. Evidently, his time clambering. And strangers' gardens had prevented him from suffering from muscle, muscle atrophy. In the exposure to California's good weather, a neighbor wanted to turn his skin sun-kissed. Wrinkles married his shirt collar, and his dark hair was too long. The fact should have been—I'm sorry—the fact should have made him less handsome. 
People commented dismissively about men who paid sporadic visits to their barber, and yet the man could have rivaled any star in appearance. His attire compared unfavorably with the tailored finesse of the studio executive suits. He was a taller clock gable, a less polished Cara Grant. Dark eyes twinkled at her, and she shoved her fingers against the doorbell. When she glanced at him a second time, his lips had transformed into a smirk, as if he had found interest in entering the house unbelievable when she had the option of gazing at him. Finally, the door swung open, and she hastened through the entrance, stepping into the black and white tiles, potted citrus trees in the company, and pleasant scent filled the foyer with a large abstract painting hung in the hallway, denoting everything wonderful. Cora absolutely not be mulling the attractiveness of photographers. They were a pest, always. There's a photographer outside, she bloated to Veronica's housekeeper in the garden. She couldn't feel guilty about the statement. Well, for some strange reason, she did anyway. Dios mio, I'll ring the guard. Good, Cora said. Though her voice seemed caught at the top of her throat, she turned around to see if the man might still be lingering on the other side of the glass door, but he was gone. Is that you, Cora? Veronica's voice sounded from upstairs. Yes, splendid. Veronica scrolled down the staircase and her platinum hair bounced. The abundant assortment of chandeliers imbued her in golden light as she descended the marble steps in her silky ivory robe, sh- robe shimmered. Ostrich feathers lined the sleeves billowing luxuriously, even though Cora was certain Veronica did not require the plumes for purposes of maintaining warmth. You look terrible. I'm not sure fringe suits you. And the angle of a pert hat, for instance, is far more flattering. The clothes are from the picture. Cora shifted her legs over the marble floor. Her boots squeaked, the sound amplified by the excellent acoustics. I see. Is there something wrong? Yes, Cora squeaked. If only there was a way she could avoid saying the words. But not saying them wouldn't make them any less real. Unfortunately... Darling, it's fine, Veronica said. Oh, Cora blinked up at her and Veronica nodded gravely. Everyone has a bad hair day sometimes. You can't borrow, you can borrow my curling iron. Th- that's not it. Veronica eyed her skeptically. You can't disguise it. Cora sighed. Perhaps her hair was frizzy. It's rather worse than that. Oh dear, I so wish we could have gone shopping together. It's a shame I'm leaving tomorrow, but perhaps... Cora shook her head. It isn't hopeless, my dear, Veronica said in her typical wordly manner, even though she was only five months older than Cora. There had been a time when the studio had forced them to spend time together hoping Cora's goody-two-shoes reputation would help the public forget Veronica's wild one. The public had never forgotten. But somehow Veronica and Cora had become friends. Unfortunately, even Veronica couldn't fix this. It's hopeless, Cora said. Did the studio say something? Veronica asked. Not about my clothes. Gee, Veronica plopped down on an emerald tuft bench that clutched hold of the elaborate roll arm. You don't mean to tell me that. 
she understood. Thank goodness. I saw the signs Veronica admitted, but I can't believe they actually. She moved her hand to her throat, slid her fingers over a shimmering ruby necklace, and then inhaled. I can't believe they didn't invite you to Mr. Balamo's birthday party. What? That's it, isn't it? Veronica asked. I know it's mortifying to be considered so irrelevant. It's not that. Oh, Veronica exhaled. I'm so pleased. That would have been truly, utterly terrible. I can't imagine anything worse at your age, given your history. You know, I was worried for you when I didn't see your name appear at all in the Starlet magazine this year, and the reference in the Jabberus really didn't count, since it was mostly about me, but they fired me, Cora blurted. Veronica blinked, fired? For not being mentioned in the gossip rags? That's ridiculous. That's not why they fired me. But the studio's doing so well, Veronica exclaimed. Better than ever. It even looks like we're going to leave this horrid depression. Shame for your core. I don't think I'm meant to be an actress. But of course you are. They, they didn't think so, Cora said softly. That's rubbish. You're in the middle of filming. They already hired my replacement. Who was it? Some unknown girl. Mr. Bellamo discovered her in a coffee shop. My poor dear. Veronica bit her lower lip. Perhaps they were being economical. Perhaps. Cora tried to say the word confidently and not reflect on the scores of errand boys and legions of other actresses on set. Hollywood seemed to be all about spending money and seemed to have little to do with restraint. I think that's enough reading for today. So tune in tomorrow so we can tidy up on this chapter. Be blessed. It's your girl, Dane and Simple. Go subscribe. Go share, 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 share. And enjoy, 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 enjoy. And I'm out.